It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is on campus at... Missouri State University, and we're broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right, this is exciting. Our guest is Allie Tricky. Hi, Allie. How are you? Hi, Adam. I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. You've done this before. I yeah, of course. You're, you're the when they need an interview, a good interview, they promote you to promote your fellow student athletes here at Missouri State. Yeah. We're going to talk about what you're. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why not? Uh, we're going to talk about the. Uh, I was calling it Miracle Field, and that's wrong. What's it called? Well, we play at Miracle Field, um, but it, or Betty and Bobby Allison Field, but it's Miracle League. And the Miracle League. Okay, tell right. us about your work, the softball team, with uh-huh. Miracle League. So basically, it's a volunteer um, thing on Monday nights, and we work with kids that have disabilities and different things like that, and they come to Miracle Field, and we play a game of baseball um, on this field, and... <laughs> So we each have a buddy, and we pair up, and it's just a great experience. We get to help them through a game, and they're just so grateful and so excited to come out and play and do what we get to do every day. So it's just awesome. How do you divide up the teams? Who's is it? It's not the, the Missouri State <laughs> softball team against them, is it? No, there's actually four teams, and they're based on um, MLB teams. So I think it's the Cardinals, the Braves, the Red Sox, and... Uh, the Angels, maybe. And so basically the buddies just go each go individually, and we um, they bat through the whole team. So each team takes a turn on defense and offense, and it's a 60-minute game, and that's how it works. And what are the ages of the competitors? Um, it can be from as young as 4 to 20, as what I've seen, so. Yeah, and how are their reactions? Do they just they big, just huge smiles? Yeah, they're just so grateful, and it's just awesome because we're blessed with the ability to play softball every day, but these kids can't necessarily do it on their own, but they're just so grateful for us to come out there, and they're so excited, and they don't complain. They're the happiest kids ever, and it's just it's a blessing to work with them. Well, that is so fantastic to hear. Thank you so much, Allie Tricky. Let's have another round of applause. And for everybody here at Missouri State University, thanks for having us. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. Thanks again for listening to The Adam Ritz Show. We have a lot of fun talking about social awareness and philanthropy, community service, and leadership as well. And we bring on uh, board now a leadership expert. This is Jesse Lyons. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you all doing? Doing great. The Southern accent. I love it. You're a Southern gentleman. You are, um, I guess, an executive member of the National uh, office of Kappa Alpha Order, which is a Greek life fraternity, uh, national fraternity. And what is your role with uh, the Kappa Alpha Order? Right now, I'm director of communications and editor of our national magazine. Okay, and before we get into uh, student leadership and what you do to help uh, this next generation of young men become better men, um, what is your background? I love the accent. I, I just say, say uh, hey, thanks for listening to the Adam Ridge Show. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Adam Ritz Show. That's just, you know, I just love that Southern gentleman accent. I love it. Now, where are you from? Where'd you go to college? Oh, I'm originally from Western North Carolina, and I went to Western Carolina University. I've been on staff for Cap Alpha now for 12 years. And for a number of those years, I started uh, new chapters and did expansions. So whenever I went out west or whenever I went up north and started chapters, I would always lay this accent on thicker than right now. And it would work. Everybody would join. <laughs> Their people would be clamoring to join. I'd speak to the sororities. They'd say, I'd say, you're going to get all these good gentlemen. They're going to join. And they loved it. So it's, uh, it's worked for us, but uh, it's, it's who we are. So. Well, that southern gentleman in you is a, is a KA undergrad at Western Carolina. Uh, was so such a big part of your life, you decided to make that your vocation. So you've been 12 years with the national organization. Uh, tell us about leadership, not only from, I guess, your uh, organization's point of view, but from, from your point of view, from, from Jesse Lyons' point of view. Leadership, how important is that for a young man? Uh, it's, it's paramount. Um, every young man, whether they know it or not, and including me when I was there, and I can look back to them, every young man wants and needs to be led. Um, in the right direction. And if not, they'll either be not led or led in the wrong direction. And so ethical leadership, good leadership, per, um, well-meaning leadership from peers, from mentors, maybe someone that's a little bit older or a lot older, or even from someone that's just in their class next to them or their roommate need to be led. And it's not always led like in the sense of an army or led at a chapter meeting, although those are important, but led in Hey, let's make this decision or let in, Hey, let's, let's not do that. Let's go over here and have some fun over here. Let's, let's make some better decisions than we could be in a way that's cool in a way that fits in a way that isn't off putting to someone as an 18 to 22 year old that has everything at their disposal. Um, and all the right choices and wrong choices in their, in their lap. Choices, leadership. Uh, we're speaking with Jesse Lyons, the communications director of Kappa Alpha Order, uh, which is headquartered in Lexington, Virginia. Um, you've been with the organization 12 years. That can only lead me to believe that your leadership is going to grow even more, and you're going to be, what, the Grand Poobah? What, you going you gonna to wear the big uh, buff water buffalo hat like Fred Flintstone? I, that's my favorite. I love to say the Lord or the water buffalo because <laughs> everybody forgets that was one of the best ones, it, whether it's the Moose or the Masonic Lodge or Knights of Columbus. Anyhow, uh, you know, I've enjoyed, I've been able to um, go a couple positions higher in KA, but Oftentimes, even within my position, it's because we have a good boss and a good leader and a good board and a great staff. We've been able to elevate within our positions, keeping the same title but doing more, being responsible for more, leading more folks. And that's been a great key to staying for a number of years. It's not all about the money, like folks say. Uh, reason for an education is to improve yourself. And if you can improve yourself without even changing jobs and it's something you love, then why do anything else? Right. One day that'll change. One day we'll go somewhere else. Uh, and uh, hopefully, yeah, have a chance to lead something, have a chance to run an organization, wherever that may be. Let me ask you about leadership with uh, this demographic. You work with college men, and I know your Kappa Alpha order, you've got a standard of, of character and gentlemanly leadership that's part of your organization anyway. You're not going to have uh, this type of gentleman that I'm going to describe to you right now. But what's your best advice on getting through to the guy that maybe isn't willing to listen to your presentation about leadership. The guy in the back of the room, his arms are crossed. He's like, this is stupid. I'd rather be home texting or Instagramming or playing video games. I mean, how do you get through to that kid? Well, it's like with any, whether it's a survey or a crowd 
or a chapter or a group of people, there's going to be some folks up front that you can't tell them enough about leadership. And they really don't even need hair anymore, probably. They want it. They want to learn as much as possible. Then there's going to be the guys in the back, like you described. They could care less about being here. Um, they may be good men, raised well, no matter what their family situation, good values, but just not into the whole presentation thing, you know. And then the guys in the middle, they need it. They don't know that they want it, but they're going to absorb it, and they're going to keep working. So you got to speak to each one differently. you got to talk to the ones in front about how to lead the rest of their men. You've got to talk to the guys in the middle about getting on board. Um, how do you talk to those guys that are just in the middle that are like, you know, I could be swayed either way. Uh -huh. And then how do you do two things or three things? Minimize the guys in the back, get them on board in some way that it's their idea and now it's cool to be a leader. And that's not a strategy. That's more so just a general idea. Or three, um, get rid of them. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, it's it's plain and simple. You can. Yeah. And a good friend of mine, Kim Novak, told me there's one. You know, there's an equation about changing organizations. You either change the attitude um, because the people are constant. And the one thing that I'd change on that is you can either change the attitude or you can change the people. And an organization wants to be the best group it can be. If it's a chapter, if it's a local community organization, and you got to temper two things. Winning all the awards at the expense of your members or raising your members up so that you can do better. And if you can do some of both as far as making the organization better and improving your members, then you can probably do the best. Jesse Lyons, thank you so much. Uh, before we let you go, tell us something about Western Carolina University. Is I say that right? Is it or is it the College of Western Carolina? Oh, is West it University of Western Carolina? It's WCU. Yeah, it's in the 16-member organization of the UNC system. Started out. It's actually 100. I've got three things to tell you because I don't three like, things. I don't okay. Like to tell just one. I'll be like, honest. I don't know anything about it. I'm so. a list guy. So and that's you know works pretty good for magazine. But 125 years old this year. Wow. 125 years old. My fraternity's turning 150 next year. That's pretty venerable if I, say, if I say so. But Western Carolina is 125 years old. For many years, it was Western Carolina Teachers College. So your fraternity was on campus 25 years before the college started? No, it was on campus elsewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the country folk of Western North Carolina got some education in them, and they're, and they're in good shape. But it's, it's, regional, it's changed the region of Western North Carolina, North Georgia, Eastern Tennessee. But uh, Western Carolina Teachers College put out lots of teachers, lots of nurses, started as a normal school, a high school is what they used to call it, and then it became a university. Number two, it's in Cullowee, North Carolina. Cullowee is Cherokee for Valley of the Lilies, and is not even an incorporated town, it's just a village. And the third thing is it's one of only two schools that I'm aware of that are the Catamounts as their mascot. Vermont and Western Carolina, and a Catamount's a mountain lion or a mountain cat that used to be in the area, and they're pretty much extinct now. I feel so much better knowing You'll the catamounts forget. are in the Valley of the Lilies, and it's 125 years old. You bet. That's how it goes. All right. Jesse Lyons uh, from Kappa Alpha Order. Thank you, sir, so much for joining us on the broadcast. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for all you do for KA and everyone else. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. We bring back a, a special regular guest. To the, well, he's not special. He's just a regular guest. We've had him on the show so many times now. Lee Lonzo. Hi, Lee. Hello, Adam. Great to be back. Does it feel 
really great to be back on the show. You are uh, one of our original, I guess, uh, contributors to the broadcast, and uh, I think you hold the record now for the most appearances on the Adam Ridge Show. Well, uh, uh, that's a real compliment to me, and yes, it's great to be back. I listen to your show. I love listening <laughs> to the interviews. Uh, just recently, one that pops to mind was that interview with Jeff Saturday, which was awesome. Oh, cool, cool. Because uh, I'm all about mentoring, and he talks so much about mentoring, so absolutely, it's great to be back. And just real quick on your background, uh, you mentioned mentoring. You've, you're a, a lifelong educator, an attorney, a consultant. You've uh, been an athletic director, a principal, an attorney. I think I said that twice because I like attorneys so much. <laughs> um, and now you are the principal of Lee Lonzo Consulting, and you consult um, high school organizations on how to deal with bullying and hazing. And I hear you're involved with uh, another project uh, that is really dear to our hearts with the Special Olympics. Tell us uh, more about what you're doing with high school athletic directors, high school student-athletes uh, with the Special Olympics. Well, Adam, it, it, it's been a great opportunity for me. I've been involved with uh, high school athletics my entire life. And uh, I've had the opportunity recently to work with a, a group in a, a student advisory committee. Uh, these are, are great student athletes from around the state, and they wanted to take on a new service project. Uh, they were aware of the NCAA model of uh, their, the NCAA student advisory committees working with uh, not-for-profits and doing service projects. So our kids decided that they wanted to, wanted to look around. They did some research. They had some uh, presentations, and they decided to start a brand-new project with Special Olympics. It's been just a win-win, very rewarding situation on all sides. So what is it? What do these kids do with uh, the Special Olympic athletes? They work with the athletes? Well, uh, that's just a part of it, and and let's start with that. Uh, My student athletes uh, from 18 schools around the state, uh, they have set three goals for themselves, and the first one is the category you're talking about, and that is volunteering with Special Olympics athletes. So they are running clinics, they are uh, helping Special Olympics at their regularly scheduled events. For example, this upcoming weekend, you got a bunch of tournaments going on around the state. They need scorekeepers. They need people to move things around. They need officials. They, they just need bodies uh, because Special Olympics is pretty much entirely run by volunteers. So our kids are volunteering with these athletes. In some cases, they're actually planning these events themselves. We had a, uh, a bowling party with Special Olympics athletes recently. I've got some kids who have planned uh, uh, track days and and softball days and soccer days in the spring with Special Olympics athletes. So that's one goal. They're also trying to help raise some money for Special Olympics. They realize that they can only offer programs if they've got money. And one of our big uh, things coming up is we, we're, we're having a national summer games in the summer of 2014 in New Jersey. So our kids are helping raise money to send people to that uh, national games. And then the third uh, goal they've set for themselves is to raise awareness about people with intellectual disabilities and particularly uh, a Special Olympics initiative called Spread the Word to End the, wor- end the Word which is the R word, retard, retarded. Uh, Just get that out of your vocabulary, and our kids are taking a pledge not to use the R word, and they're going out to their schools and trying to get them to do that as well, all part of an anti-bullying awareness campaign. So uh, it's just been so rewarding seeing these kids latch on to this. You know, you mentioned uh, awareness, and um, it's something that we've dealt with a lot with charities is that sometimes organizations – 
uh, would want to have awareness just as much as they want to have the finances. So if you can't afford to actually give money to to an organization, if you can't give a dollar bill to the Special Olympics, retweet them. Go to their Facebook page. Like their Facebook page. Uh, share all that content, and maybe someone, one of your friends, will see something you reposted on your Facebook page, and maybe they have a dollar that they can give to the organization. So don't think just as, I don't have any extra money, I've got my own bills, I've got my own problems, that you can't help. You can help if you get involved uh, socially and uh, just heighten the awareness. Our guest is Lee Lonzo. Uh, He's part of an initiative with uh, high school student-athletes in the Special Olympics. Does this have a title, like an actual namesake? Well, I just came back from a a conference, and it's hosted by Special Olympics, uh, but they generically refer to all the high school associations uh, just that way, interscholastic high school uh, athletic associations, and they are really encouraging the state by state cooperation and partnership between the state association and uh, and Special Olympics within that state. So tell us about the conference. Where was this at? Well, uh, it was out in Phoenix, and I think that was uh, intentional because Arizona was one of the first on board with this. I thought uh, you were going to say because it was warm. Well, that too. No, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you this story. It snowed while we were there. I met a guy who said it hasn't snowed in Phoenix in 55 years. It snowed while we were there. So we didn't really enjoy the weather. Uh, but Arizona Athletic Association has had this partnership with uh, Special Olympics for years. And one of the events we got to go see was the high school basketball state championship. And between a girls game and a boys game, there was a a unified game. And what unified sports is all about is the same number of Special Olympics athletes with non-Special Olympics athletes who are called partners. And they played a game in between the girls game and the boys game and got all that publicity and all those people in the stands cheering for them. It It was a great experience. That is very cool. Very cool. And this uh, conference in uh, Phoenix was uh, had athletic directors from all over the country, right? Well, uh, it had some athletic directors, but it was really more based on, on the executive directors of the state associations and their assistants. So every state has that one organization that runs all the state championships. Uh, it was those people, as well as Special Olympics people from 29 different states, who got together and said, how can we make this work uh, for our kids and our kids being both the Special Olympics athletes within their schools and the people who are normally participating with the high school athletic association and then real quick can you describe uh the feeling that you sense that uh, a high school student athlete gets or experiences when they work with a special Olympian? Well, I, I'm just going to give you one example. I, I, I work with this junior at, at Boone Grove High School, and uh, she, uh, first of all, raised a bunch of money by jumping in freezing cold water. Polar uh, plunge. Polar plunge, and that's a big one for Special Olympics. Then she turned around and at her school organized one of these basketball games. This one was held at halftime of her varsity game. Uh, And then a few weeks later, she writes me that her boys' basketball team won the sectional, first round of the tournament, and they started to go cut down the net, and they grabbed their manager, who's a Special Olympics athlete, and had him go down and cut down the first part of the net, and the crowd went nuts. And then she turns around to me and says, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I think that says it all. That's a great example. That is, that is, it, it warms your heart. It That's does. awesome. 
Well, Lee Lonzo, we thank you for coming on the show again. We look forward to having you back. Uh, before we let you go, how can our listeners uh, follow what you're doing? Well, I'm on Facebook, Lee Lonzo Consulting. Uh, I'm at LeeLonzo at me.com. And uh, got a webpage, LeeLonzoConsulting.com as well. I will click on it today. Awesome. Thank you very much, Adam. <laughs> Hi, this is head coach June Doherty from Washington State Women's Basketball. And you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. And I'm your host, Adam Ritz. We thank you again for hanging out with us on the Adam Ritz Show. Today, we are coming to you from Boulder, Colorado. We welcome a friend of the show, Lowell Whiteman. Hi, Lowell. How are you? Thanks, Adam. I'm doing great. And you are usually on the telephone yes. with uh, your updates. Uh, you are the founder of 360 Mindset, and we appreciate and love your updates when you send them to us. And re- you report from the field on uh, such topics in the athletic world, um, concerning sports psychology, and I'm probably butchering what you do, so it'd probably be best for just to let you explain what 360 Mindset is and what you do. We focus a lot on the mind-body connection to make sure that athletes have their focus on what their thoughts are before they actually take the action so that when they do perform, they're performing at their highest level, creating strategies and methods to help them do that. Okay. What is uh, some of your recent activity? Well, one of the most recent things that I'm really excited about is breathing techniques, and I've been going out doing pilot studies with... uh, basketball coaches to help their team uh, players raise their foul shooting percentage. And interestingly enough, the results are amazing so that coaches can realize anywhere from two to four points increase to their game scores, which to some games in competitive situations is the difference between a win or a loss. This is like Moneyball. Yeah, pretty much, yes. You're telling me with breathing exercises, I guess, and yeah. controlling your breathing, your foul shot percentage can go up? Absolutely. And, <laughs> in, yeah, in fact, it's based on a lot of the, the thought that comes from very extreme situations where uh, military personnel, when they go into combat, uh, the uh, Green Berets, Special Forces, Navy SEALs, they talk about breathing techniques before they break through that door and start having bullets fly by their, their eyes. They do that so that they bring heart rates and respirations down into a level that maximizes the highest performance. So for for me, I, they're not getting bullets shot at him at the foul line, but they may think that they are, but they had a trauma when they went to the hole and they got knocked down and now they got to overcome that trauma very quickly. Well, they don't think about that. So the breathing techniques gets them into thinking about the breathing, number one. So the psychology is to bring that into play, get them not thinking about the things that brought them to the line and then get them into a rhythm and a balance. And if, when they breathe the way I asked them to, they, their, their whole spinal uh, structure settles into their hips. They're more balanced. So I imagine a minute to go in the game. You've played all four quarters. You're very tired. You're the worst foul shooter on the team, and you're the one they want to foul. Yeah. And they do. So you want to optimize your ability to perform, and the breathing technique does that. And I've got the studies we've done to this point have, have indicated that, and I'm really excited about moving forward uh, with that, that uh, pilot study into a grander scheme. Okay, so the research and the studies show that uh, breathing helps, I guess, shooting percentage. My question is, what is the breathing uh, coaching technique you have, or what are you uh, what are you teaching these athletes to do with their breathing? It, the breathing technique is based on um, methods I've looked at from uh, yoga, uh, from um, uh, transcendental meditation work, um, and so it's. Very simply this, you're always breathing through your nose and out through your mouth. The reason doing that is because that's maximizing the amount of O2 into your system. If you breathe just through your mouth, you've got a blend of both carbon dioxide and oxygen. That's not optimal. You want the most optimal situation. When you then are taught with the protocol I give you to use the most lung capacity you can, and most of us, we take breathing for granted because we have to. 
if you learn how to use more of your lung capacity, that means that you're getting more oxygen to more tissue, and that means that you're stronger longer. You have higher resiliency and more recovery power by using the breathing technique. So I'm not going to go into all the details because I don't want to give it all away, but that's the essence of what's happening. More oxygen to more of your tissue so that you're able to perform at high levels for a longer period of time. So if I'm watching a game and I see the guy go up to the free throw line and he's breathing through his mouth, I can, I can call Vegas and make the bet that he's going to miss those free throws. Well, you know, I can't guarantee it, but I can certainly give you a probability that it's a lot more likely that they'll miss if their historical behavior has been inconsistent. They're going to continue to be inconsistent. And I, I might, like you, I might make the bet. Did you notice when you started talking about breathing through the nose that I immediately shut my mouth and started breathing through yeah. my nose? Yeah, there's a conscious <laughs> trigger there, isn't there? <laughs> I want to be good at this. I want to be good. Any breathing techniques for me to have a better radio show? Well, I think you're doing a pretty good job the way you are, so I'm not going to try to alter that process, but I know that anybody that's in a, in a place where they're, they're trying to be the best they can be, and I've, I've taken lessons from those wonderful people in our military uh, services that... When they, when they have to go to battle and do the right thing at the right time and survive it, they're, they're working on some breathing techniques that put what I'm teaching to basketball players to shame. So, yeah, I'd say breathe better, you'll do better, regardless of what you're doing. Lowell Whiteman is our guest. He's the founder of 360 Mindset. It's a sports psychologist organization. You work with high elite level college and pro athletes on how to make their performance better. And we like, you know what, we like hearing that on this radio show because we're not pro athletes. So we, you know, sports imitates life. And whether you go to work every day in a cubicle, you can take away from this, you know, while you're sitting at work, breathe through your nose. Oh, Maybe yeah. you'll have a more, more productive day. Well, and you'll be more relaxed. And, you know, I think everybody's trying to be more transcendental in their processes, especially in high-stress days that they might have. So if you take a walk at lunchtime, you know, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, uh, take that big cleansing breath that you might have learned from yoga or Pilates or uh, any, of, any of the classes that help you with that, and, and check me out on 360mindset.com. Absolutely. And what's the Twitter? Uh, at Coach LKW. At Coach LKW. From 360 Mindset, we're in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you for uh, inviting us out here to uh, do the interview. And let's talk about Boulder real quick. I know it from, uh, from a kid. I know it from Mork and Mendy. Um, I'm sure anybody in my generation knows Boulder, Colorado. Mork and Mendy. Uh, how long have you been in the Boulder area? What's your favorite part about the place? Well, the first thing I have to say to that is Shazbot. <laughs> and, if you know what that means, yeah. you're over 40 years <laughs> exactly. old. Exactly. Okay. Um, and it's been about nine years we've been in the Boulder area. And one of the things I like is that there is, you're always on vacation. I mean, you've got the mountains and the foothills and uh, active winter sport person that I am. But more importantly, there's, there's just an attitude and a mindset out here about um, being uh, benevolent and considerate of everyone and uh, smiling faces we came from Chicago nothing bad about Chicago but it's a little dreary sometimes and people aren't always smiling it's hard to smile in February in yeah, yeah it is. the ice and the dirty snow it just doesn't go go very well with smiling so out here we found people like yielding to let us actually merge into traffic and waving to us to do so and actually getting irritated when we didn't so that was a very, very big step for us to understand nine years ago how wonderful a place it is out here. Uh, and many things that are very near and dear to my wife and I is the equality that, that people are, are feeling towards women and women's rights out here. There's, there's some activity going on the next few months that I want to make sure everybody's aware of. There's a great organization called Miss 
representation.org. Uh, uh, the uh, lieutenant governor of California, his wife is the impetus behind that organization. They're doing wonderful things. So as you're going through your daily lives and wondering, what can I do to help people out uh, and, and feel stronger about who they are, uh, check out misrepresentation and see how you can help young women be better at who they are as young women. Oh, well, okay. Tell, I got to ask. Tell us more about it. Misrepresentation.com? Mis yeah, misrepresentation.org. I'm sorry, .org. Yeah, they're not-for-profit, and they work on just sensitizing our communities about the inequalities between uh, what women are trying to strive for. I've got a daughter. You have, Adam, you have two daughters, and I, we both want our kids to get the best that they can, and there are obstacles. And unfortunately uh, for women, men have not had as many obstacles. And what misrepresentation is doing is building the awareness of that so that young women coming out of school into the workforce know about how to work with and around those obstacles so they can be the best they can be, whether it's in politics, uh, a normal five, nine to five job, whatever it is, uh, seek out those resources and capabilities to help them be the best they can be. And misrepresentation.org uh, does that. And you work with the Lieutenant Governor of California's wife on yeah, this project? Yeah, she's the, she's the impetus behind it. She's done a lot of documentaries about it, about the, the glass ceiling that's out there in the corporate world. It still exists, and many women in the corporate world will say it does. Others may say, no, I've had my chance. You've got, we've got many more CEOs that are women. But in politics, the voice of a woman is not as loud as it could be uh, because they haven't been given opportunities. Um, and I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for anybody who's going to bring a better world out sure. of us all. So Okay, and that's misrepresentation. Miss, miss rep I'm going to guess it's two S's, it's right? M-I-S-S, miss. Representation.org. .org. Okay, well, this is great stuff. Breathe through your nose. Misrepresentation.org. It's Lowell Whiteman from 360 Mindset. We can't thank you enough for coming on the show, and we look forward to your reports in the future on the show. Always a pleasure, Adam. Thanks for having me. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Thanks again to our guests today, Jesse Lyons, Lee Lonzo, and Lowell Whiteman. And a special thanks to our live audience at Missouri State University. I'm Adam Ritz. I want to thank you for listening. You can always check us out online with the Twitter, at Adam Ritz, and the Facebook is slash Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.